3: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW proof. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
2: 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
3: Hi, this is Stephen Nill, CEO of CharityChannel.com. So, you want your charity to succeed. You came to the right place. Integration of online and offline techniques is the key to your fundraising success, and practical advice on going green is what you need. With this show, The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, you will learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Our host is Ted Hart, one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. His books range from successful online fundraising to use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. His guests are leaders in their field who will share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management, green strategy, and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you maneuver through this economic downturn in the charitable sector to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. And now, here's Ted.
0: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Tuesday, May 18th. This is the Nonprofit Coach. We've got a great show for you today. I'm coming to you live from the nation's capital. It's a bit of a chilly spring day today. Don't forget that if you'd like to call in and ask a question of our Page 2 expert today, who is John Murcott, founder and vice president for products and strategy at karma411.com, make sure that you dial in to 347 three two four three zero eight zero again make sure that you call in to three four seven three two four three zero eight zero but we start the show with page one we've got all the news for you on to page one We do have a full page one. As usual, I uh, have a big announcement today, and it does tie into our page two expert today, uh, and that is an organization that I helped found uh, called greennonprofits.org launches its new website today, and John Murcott and our good friends over at Karma411 and our friends at Jalera.com helped put this uh, website together. They've done a fantastic job. Uh, And uh, one of the things I always like to do uh, when I'm talking about green nonprofits and I'm presenting information uh, is to share just a little clip from one of my favorite Dr. Seuss uh, uh, shows, and that's uh, the show called The Lorax. So those of you who know The Lorax, we do have the link uh, for the show over on the radio links. Don't forget, you can pick up all the radio links for all the news today, and that's at p2pfundraising.org, the letter P, the number two, the letter p, fundraising.org, and click on archives in the upper navigation and just find the radio links. So here's a little bit of a, a clip to remind you from your childhood of the good work of the Lorax. Say you were a little fella. Mister, I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. I speak for the trees, for the trees have no tongues, and I'm asking you, sir, at the top of my lungs, that that thing, that horrible thing that I see, what's that thing you've made out of my truffula tree?
1: Look, Lorax, calm down. There's no cause for alarm. I chopped down just one tree. I'm doing no harm.
0: It's important that we all understand the harm that we do to our environment, and as nonprofit organizations, it's our responsibility to make sure that we are doing all that we can to be good citizens in our communities and good citizens for the environment. I invite everyone to go to greennonprofits.org. That link is also provided in the radio links for today's show. And find out all that you can about the very practical advice that's provided to you on uh, tips that your organization can use to become more environmentally sensitive due to the good work of karma411.com and gelera.com and they're, they're uh, uh, housed up in Toronto. Uh, the new website is being launched today. Uh, Some of the services that have been created by Karma 411 is the brand-new online certification program. GreenNonprofits.org does have a nonprofit certification program uh, that's easy to understand and gets even easier to manage now that we have this new online service provided by Karma 411. Check that out in today's radio links. Next up here in the news is uh, from Mashable.com. You know, all things Apple are not invincible. Uh, It's a report out that Android is now outselling the iPhone. Google's Android operating system uh, has outsold in the first quarter of this year the iPhone. So uh, keep your eye on uh, Google. Uh, They're uh, they're always looking for new market share, and it looks like they're going right after Apple uh, with the iPhone. Next up in the radio links, uh, you'll find a really terrific design contest uh, from Adobe and TechSoup. Uh, The closing uh, for the submissions is on May 21st, and the winners will be announced on June 14th. This is Adobe and TechSoup, who have combined forces to invite nonprofit organizations and libraries to show them the impact that they have uh, with the help of donated Adobe products. And they are eligible to win $1,000 cash grant plus a brand-new Adobe Creative Suite 5 premium product. Now, we're a big fan of TechSoup and TechSoup stock. Uh, They also have a lot of great green tips over on TechSoup as well. So we're very pleased to help promote Show Your Impact contest put out by TechSoup. Next up here is our good friends. As a matter of fact, I just got a call this morning from Todd Cohen over at the uh, Philanthropy Journal. And one of the stories that we've got in the uh, radio links today is uh, out of the council Uh, The Charities Review Council uh, from uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, they're the folks who set the accountability standards uh, for charities, and these have been revised. Uh, And so over on uh, the Philanthropy Journal, uh, you'll find all the information about the updated online tools and the revised accountability standards for nonprofit organizations. You'll find those, again, in the radio links at p2pfundraising.org. Click on the archives. Next up here in the news is, uh, as you know, we've been uh, providing information about uh, up to 400,000 charitable organizations here in the United States potentially losing their tax-exempt status uh, because of the 1996 uh, uh, Pension Act uh, that requires charitable organizations to have their 990 forms Updated and submitted to the IRS, and if you are in, uh, are you delinquent to that, as we shared with you last week you very likely are losing your tax-exempt status. So if you are wondering if your organization is in jeopardy, over in the radio links today we have a database from the National Center for Charity Statistics, and they are providing you uh, with access to be able to look up your own charity, your favorite charity, or your brother-in-law's charity to find out if they are in fact in jeopardy of losing their tax-exempt status. Next up uh, here in... uh, Uh, On uh, page one, I've got a very special uh, guest. Uh here on page 1 that I want to introduce to you. Uh Kirsten Beardsley is the marketing coordinator for canadahelps.org. And I got to tell you over in the radio links today, we've got a terrific link to a video that uh Kirsten's group has put out which really makes the case for online fundraising, not only in Canada but uh, throughout North America with some really terrific uh statistics. So uh Kirsten, are you with us?
2: I'm here. Can you hear me?
0: Hi, Kirsten. How are you? Thank you for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach Page 1. Uh, just take a few moments here to share uh, with our listeners uh, some of the uh, terrific information that you provide in this video. And everybody can go to the radio links at p2pfundraising.org and click on archives and get a chance to view the video. But uh, what's this video all about and why did Canada help put it all together?
2: Yeah, so thank you for um, providing everyone with the link. That's great. Um, Basically, Canada Helps, you know, we're an organization that provides online fundraising tools here in Canada to charities. We're a charity ourselves. So we're gathering a bunch of data um, and looking at our own donation uh, processing, you know, the flow of donations that go through our site. And we were thinking, you know, we've got so much information out there. And then we were also hearing from charities that um, they're saying, you know, online channels aren't yet bringing in a lot of money, so why should we focus there? And we thought we had a really compelling case to tell charities, you know what, here's why you should focus there. So we put it all together in a video, and there's just some really compelling um, statistics and facts. So... The fact that the online average online gift is growing um, from $60 a few years ago, and now it's up over $100, I think this really speaks to people. Yeah, I
0: mean, boy, Kristen, i got to tell you, some of these statistics are terrific. And for charity uh, administrators, nonprofit fundraisers who are on the fence about online fundraising, this exactly. ought to just about do it. Because one of the things that I hear about is, well, yeah, if your donor population are you know, kids, maybe Gen X uh, 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 folks, then uh, sure, you should be online. But what you're seeing is a 52 percent. The largest population that you have for online giving are actually baby boomers, uh, born in the years 1946 to 1962, and 30 percent is from that Gen X, the 1962 uh, to 1980 category. So uh, we, we've really got a population here uh, which is right in the, the target audience for most charities. Is that that true?
2: Exactly and I think that's something that really surprises charities is they really think all this stuff is aimed at younger even younger than Gen X you know Gen Y um, audiences but it is the baby boom generation that is looking to the internet they're getting they're used to um, online banking now and now because they're donors um, and traditional offline donors they're looking to the internet as a way to give um, and they are giving in, in far greater number and in far greater dollars than any other um, and
0: yeah, Gen Y is actually a very small population isn't it True, that what I call our senior surfers, you call the greatest generation, uh, is actually a higher percentage of online giving than Gen Y.
2: Yep, that's true. That's the, those are the numbers that we're seeing. And I think this really is because, you know, that's a generation that's used to giving. And so um, the percentage of those uh, people in that generation, the senior surfers, as you say, um, that are getting used to the Internet are going to do their giving online. I think it also speaks to the work that we have to do in educating the younger generation about the value of giving. They already know the value of the Internet and using online tools, but now as charities and as organizations that work with charities, we have to promote the idea of giving and using the, those tools Um, to make gifts online, clearly that's an area of growth for most charities.
0: Yeah, and Kirsten, if that's not enough, uh, giving overall and traditional forms of fundraising was down in 2008 by 5.3% overall, but was up online 30%.
2: Absolutely. So we're just seeing um, uh, this is a continuing trend. I think it's it's true in the U.S. as it is in Canada that online giving is just growing um, year over year. As I said, as people get comfortable with using the internet to do traditional, um, you know, e-commerce purchasing, they're also getting used to donating online and, and feeling comfortable and safe in doing that. So we're just seeing the, the growth. Um, rise well above kind of the overall giving statistics, which are, you know, during the tough economic times that we've had in the last couple of years are going down. So it's really compelling to say to charities, you know, this is actually a place where you need to be focusing your attention and your time.
0: Well, and, Kirsten, you mentioned that year over year. And uh, as we wrap up here, um, I need to uh, get on with the news here. but. One of the things I found particularly interesting in the video that you put together is the five-year value of a donor who started giving in 2004. So those charities that were smart enough to go online and to start building uh, that practice, what they found is that the five-year value of that donor, if they were an offline donor, was $86 to that charity over that five-year period of 2004 to 2009, but it was $237 value if they were an online donor. So doesn't that really kind of slam dunk the whole online giving?
2: Absolutely. I mean, if, if you need a more compelling case, I don't know where you'd find it. Um, we're, we're seeing that because online donors are, you know, more highly educated, they are from that baby boomer range, and they're, they're targeting specific, um, specific organizations that they, that they want to seek out and find and, and donate to. They tend to be a bit more loyal to their causes. So that over, term, over the long term, the value of those donors um, is going to be higher
0: well and Kirsten of course now is the time for charities to really be planning because as you point out 48% of all online giving happens in December so there's lots of time uh, to plan which is one of the reasons that we have our page 2 expert today John Murcott who is uh, an expert in online fundraising and runs the organization Karma411.com that's why we invited you here on uh, page 1 to share this terrific video and all the wonderful statistics that you provide thank you for the great work of Canada Helps whenever I'm in Canada always promoting that charities should be connecting with you and uh, using your services at CanadaHelps.org. Looking forward to being back up there. I just uh, got confirmation that I will be speaking uh, at uh, Fundraising Congress, the AFP Congress, uh, later on this year uh, in Toronto. So, Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us here on page one.
2: Thank you very much.
0: All right, folks, uh, back here just wrapping up uh, our page one news. A couple of quick things here. Walmart has committed $2 billion, that's a billion with a B, to help end hunger in the United States. So bravo to uh, the folks over at Walmart uh, for all of that. Not to be outdone, uh, the uh, folks over at IBM uh, are increasing their donation of uh, technology, uh, not quite at the level that uh, Walmart is giving for uh, hunger, uh, but they are increasing their giving and uh, plan to give 175 million per year for the next three years uh, to nonprofit organizations. Read all about that over at the Chronicle of Philanthropy, and we're providing you that link over in the radio links. Next up, we provide you with a link to um, uh, a, a really terrific little piece. Uh, is your fundraising or your Facebook page rather contributing donors and volunteers? Uh, this is a really nice link, and one of the things that I found was particularly interesting, and you're going to want to read all about this, is that Wednesdays are an incredibly good day to post items for response. Uh, so they've got the sti- the statistics on that, and we want to draw your attention to that uh, uh, little piece over in the radio links. Uh, next up here is absolutely amazing. I don't know how you're going to respond to this, but uh, YouTube has just turned five uh, and are now serving two billion views per day. Now, Here's a couple statistics about YouTube that you might not know about, and then I've got a quick little uh, audio clip for you. Uh, First of all, 196 million times is the number of times that Lady Gaga's Bad Romance video has been played. It is the number one video uh, viewed on YouTube. Uh, Next up, did you know that there is 1,700 years worth of video on YouTube that uh, uh, every single minute of every single day, 24 hours of video are uploaded into YouTube, massive, massive amounts of information, and 70% of the YouTube traffic actually comes from outside of the United States. So if we think everything uh, online is all about the United States, think again. Uh, And that's an, an enormous amount of content over on YouTube. Again, 24 hours of video being uploaded every minute of every day and YouTube has been translated into 24 languages now one of the things that uh, YouTube is doing in celebration of its 5th uh, uh, birthday uh, is reaching out to notable people asking them uh, for their thoughts on YouTube and Katie Couric has posted uh, a little video clip and I'm going to just share that with you today
4: hi there YouTube I'm very happy to be part of your anniversary celebration it's really hard to believe it's been five years Since the first video went live, who knew a guy at the zoo could start an online revolution? YouTube is kind of like New York City, millions and millions of people from all walks of life coexisting in one small space. When you turn the corner, you never know who or what you'll see. The videos I call water cooler fodder tend to get the most attention, the dancing babies and potty trained cats, the news bloopers or Justin Bieber clips. But YouTube is actually a whole lot more than that. Intentionally or unintentionally, it's become a window on worlds many of us wouldn't see otherwise, raising awareness of human rights abuses and providing first-hand accounts of conflicts and catastrophes moments after they strike. I picked five videos that demonstrate for me the power of the medium and how a simple video upload can be a catalyst for change.
0: Thank you very much to Katie Couric for uh, her little uh, uh, happy birthday notice to uh, YouTube. And we certainly uh, uh, really enjoy YouTube and the enormous amount of work that they do to help nonprofits. Read all about it over in the radio links at P2P.com. Fundraising.org. Click on the archives. Just a couple pieces up here uh, left on page one. The IRS has announced a delay in the new tool for nonprofit organizations called Cyber Assist. This was supposed to be uh, uh, rolled out. So that charities uh, who are currently charged $850 for applications by organizations who will have annual gross receipts above $10,000 in the next four years, that that would reduce the cost of that by using the cyber assist uh, to be charged only $200. And those who still re- uh, require uh, a paper uh, trail for that would still be $850. Well, uh, those organizations uh, who are looking for those savings are going to have to wait because the IRS now says cyber assist will not be available until 2011. And next up, I just had to share this with you because I'm such a fan of the folks over at FrogLoop.com. That's put out by Care2, uh, and uh, and they're uh, just terrific friends of this show. And they've just posted today the, what they call the top three platforms your nonprofit should use. Now, I'm not so sure that uh, uh, that I agree with these being the top three platforms. Uh, they say SlideShare uh, is, uh, is one of them. Uh, as uh, as is uh, Salesforce uh, Nonprofit Edition, which I definitely agree with that one, uh, and the YouTube-branded nonprofit channel, which I also agree, and we just uh, celebrated uh, their first, first birthday. Lots of uh, good platforms out there, but worth a read and why these are important for your organization. Last up here on page one, before we get to our page two uh, expert, it's just a, a little bit of a video uh, uh, brought to us by Blackbot. Blackbot has a... Uh, A channel over on YouTube, uh, and they have uh, interviewed the founder of uh, TwitPix. Uh, The founder is Noah Everett, and uh, they've got some big changes coming, and they've had a lot of growth uh, with the surge of Twitter. Uh, So uh, take a listen to a quick little interview with Noah Everett
3: uh, from TwitPick and then we're going to get on to page two. Well, I guess last quick question. We work a lot with nonprofits. Right. Um, so, I'm wondering, what have you seen in the nonprofit space? How are yeah. nonprofits using TwitPic, and what have you seen going on out there?
0: Yeah, so when Twitter first came out in TwitPic, you know, it's just kind of like
1: a uh, social networking tool just for people just to say, hey, I'm doing this right now, I'm at a coffee shop. But uh, the larger grown um, companies are getting on it now, and now the, the nonprofits are. And so
3: it's a good way for nonprofits to get information about what they're doing right now. Uh, so, we've had UNICEF
1: that's been using TwitPic to uh, display photos of uh, people in the field doing their humanitarian work, and Very they cool. have uh, a message below that, just showing what's going on right now, what maybe they're needing for this, this sort of campaign. So it really helps spread the word about the needs they have and get more uh, people on board with, it, with their mission.
3: Right, right. Does yeah. it kind of in that real-time fashion that sure. happens on Twitter and right. like that. Very cool. Well, Noah, yeah. thanks for spending some time with us, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Where should people head to learn more about TwitPic? Uh, well, TwitPic.com. Uh, we have a contact page. Uh, you can email me at TwitPic.com or hit me
4: up on Twitter, either at TwitPic or Noah Everett. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. Cool.
0: Well, terrific. I mean, having an interview with the, with the founder of TwitPic is, of course, important. I'm not quite sure why BlackBud would choose to do that interview outdoors with cars driving by. Uh, but nonetheless, I think you could make out most of what they were saying. Lots of important things uh, on TwitPics and Twitter uh, for nonprofit organizations. But you know what? We've got a lot still with this show coming up. Don't forget you can call in and ask a question of our expert at 347 324 Three zero eight zero, and now it's time to get on with page two. Up here on page two today, we've John Murcott, founder and vice president of Karma 411. This is a very important platform for nonprofit organizations who are interested in both social networking and nonprofit fundraising. They have embraced the concept that we share on this show—people-to-people fundraising—and it's my honor to bring onto the show. I think we've got John Murcott with us here. John, you with us? I am. Ted, how are you doing? Hey, great, great. John, thanks so much uh, for being on the uh, show today. Uh, Karma 411, of course, is a very comprehensive platform available for nonprofit organizations. Let's start off with telling us what is the concept behind Karma 411, what makes it different.
1: Sure. And, uh, Ted, we get a lot of inspiration from you, and, uh, which has been very helpful and we appreciate. And uh, as you said, it, we're about people-to-people fundraising. So we work with nonprofits to help them raise money through their community, through volunteers, through supporters, through concerned family members, basically people who have been touched by their cause, and help those people raise money on behalf of the nonprofits. So it's a very grassroots type approach, and it's a new way. It's a new channel and a new way for nonprofits to raise money.
0: Well And that's of course, very important for nonprofit organizations to have these tools available to them. One of the things that i'm I'm so impressed with you is that you not only provide a platform where Individuals, businesses, and uh, charities can come together to use the powerful tools that you have, but you're fully integrated into the social networking world. Um, Can you tell us more about that and and why, where some platforms want you to do all your business uh, right on on their platform, uh, why you're uh, uh, having this integration across the social networks?
1: Yeah, it's a good question because uh, it is important to understand that there's some overlap in the way that these social networks work but at the same time there's a focus on how social networks uh, can help different types of activities. So the way that we look at the world is in many respects when you're considering a social network like Facebook it's a terrific way to have an informal relationship if you will with an audience and certainly on a personal level a great way to catch up with people, share pictures, etc. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a way that you would look for a job, for example. Uh, That would be something more likely that you would use LinkedIn for. Although, of course, there could be some activities you do on Facebook in this respect. Uh, And there could be some ways that you connect with people on LinkedIn and also through uh, Facebook. Our thought is when you're considering a cause, uh, maybe you've been touched by uh, an organization that helped you. Maybe a family member has been helped by a nonprofit that there'd be a channel, a, a social network that lets those people reach out to their friends, to their colleagues using, using similar tools uh, like uh, Facebook and LinkedIn, but the tools that are geared towards that type of uh, fundraising. But of course, you're going to want to integrate and share that information across those networks. So one of the ways I look at it is uh, even when you consider something like email, you uh, have one probably one email address which is for your work. You have one email address, which is for personal use and other activities. but the the functionality is the same, and sometimes you do mix them up. So we think it's important to offer some specific tools that help the nonprofits and the people that want to support them uh, through our network. But at the same time, you need to be open to these other channels because that's how people communicate uh, to their friends. If it's truly going to be people-to-people, people, you need to integrate with those uh, social networks.
0: Yeah, and that's true. And, 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 John, one of the things I'm impressed with your, with your website is, and it dovetails back to the presentations that, that I do and the strategy that I provide uh, to my clients is, mm-hmm that it's not just about the fundraising. That's also about community building and awareness. And I think that's one of the things that makes Karma 411 different is that you do have this ability to build a sense of community, uh, to have online information and to, to build a relationship, and to do fundraising of various types.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because typically when we work with nonprofits, we say the first activity you should do is what we call an awareness campaign where you're not asking for money, you're just asking to to spread the word and for people to share your message or the nonprofit's message with their friends. And uh, we're doing one now for a nonprofit here on Long Island called EAC. And uh, this actually includes another element that you brought up before which is then how do the local businesses uh, connect and uh, work within this framework. And this one nonprofit, they're called EAC, uh, they're doing a program with uh, friendlies and with the Mets. And the idea there is they just want to share a message of a program they're doing with uh, foster care. And friendlies and the Mets have agreed to give incentives. So coupons for dinner, uh, tickets to the game, that type of thing, which is not based on how much money people raise. It's actually based on how many friends they connect to. So it's, it, the incentive is driven by uh, interacting uh, with your friends and spreading the word, not directly on uh, fundraising. And I'll just highlight one other thing here, Ted, that's important, is a lot of times in the community, people might not have the money, but they want to help and they want to participate, and it can often be as valuable for the nonprofit to get the word out, kind of spread the word, and do this awareness type campaign as it is to fundraise. So there's a value there. Even if you don't have the money, you can still help by spreading the word
0: yeah and that, and that of course is very important one of the things that was driven home uh, for me John is is uh, as I, as I told our listeners uh, that uh, I was down in New Orleans working with some uh, charities down there uh, later on last week after uh, last week's show and and one thing that, that kept getting driven home to me is I, I think a lot of us who are in nonprofit organizations or work with nonprofit organizations sometimes we get too close to the forest and we can't see the trees and what I mean by that is a lot of people really don't know how nonprofits work. They really don't understand how fundraising works. They really, truly do just think it's just ask for money and people give, and that there isn't this aspect of building communities, building awareness, building relationships, and that's what really makes Karma 411 so much uh, different. Because of course you provide the tools for online fundraising, but you do it in the concept of people to people fundraising, which of course I'm I'm. So thrilled that, that you've picked up on that, but why don't you um, share with our listeners who may be new to that concept um, why that is uh, so it's a core principle for karma four one one and why it works
1: sure uh, there's, there's two aspects to it, Ted. The first one, of course, is people really have changed a little bit of their mindset the way they look at institutions, and I know that nonprofits aren 't exactly the same type of institutions that Uh, the government is, or large corporations, but the type of relationship people have with institutions, and I will include nonprofits there, has changed, but the relationship they have with their friends, with their networks, is much different, and they'll often look to their colleagues, their friends, their relatives, for direction, for advice, for inspiration, if you will. And if a nonprofit has helped an individual, so let's say it's a parent whose child uh, uh, suffered from a, a disease or somehow was touched by an organization, it's so much more effective for the organization to have that person raise some money for them by setting up a page, think of it kind of like a Facebook page or a YouTube page, upload your picture, Tell your story, why did this organization uh, make such a difference in your life and then share that message with your friends, with your colleagues, with your relatives, etc, and take the approach from an Obama model. These aren't these don't have to be huge donations. it could be ten dollars here, twenty dollars there. but the request is coming from the individual. Now of course it's on behalf of the nonprofit the nonprofit is receiving the funds but that's such an effective way for nonprofits to reach out in a grassroots way. It's people who are touched by their service, who are talking with their friends and in their voice. It's their content, it's their picture, it's their story. So it's a very personal way to raise that money and it's very effective because those people are interacting with their friends. There's, there's one other quick aspect to this, uh, Ted, which is people people at the same time want to know what are the nonprofits doing with the funds? They want the stories. They want the, you know, the quote-unquote case studies, but they're really looking at it uh, from a more informal perspective. They would actually love to hear from someone who benefited. So this people-to-people model uh, really addresses both of those issues. First of all, the person is uh, helping the nonprofit and telling their story, but it's also it's very real. It's a it's a it's a real story told by a real person explaining uh, how the nonprofit benefited them. So even someone who might not be directly uh, connected to this person uh, may react a little differently looking at that type of appeal. Really understanding on the ground how the organization helped as opposed to perhaps you know a, a, a bulk mail or something like that. So uh, you really kind of you leverage those relationships, but also it's a very uh, grassroots type of appeal.
0: Well, and, those, it, and, and what's happened with Karma 411, of course, is that you're providing all these wonderful services combined within uh, a single platform. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm sorry for a little bit of movement here uh, around uh, around the office here. Uh, but, uh, anyway, uh, what I wanted to focus on uh, next is to really talk about the expanding services on Karma 411, um, and that is your event fundraising, your auction fundraising, and membership as well.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're product people. So, just as a background, uh, my partner and I, who started the uh, company, Mark Fasciano we're software guys. What we love to do is work with organizations, work directly with the nonprofits, and get their requirements. Because these things always start with an idea, a lot of the ideas that came from you, Ted. And then someone says, well, you know what? We have uh, an event coming up, and we would like people to be able to uh, register for that event online, uh, set up their own page where uh, they can get uh, their friends to help maybe support the cause as well. So uh, a lot of the functions, just kind of the bread and butter functions that nonprofits need, like registrations, like walk a those types of activities, uh, lend themselves very well to the same people-to-people fundraising tools. Uh, we just uh, closed a great campaign uh, that was on Mother's Day, with one of the nonprofits we work with called Our Baby. And they do a walkathon. it's in Central Park, it's associated with the New York Roadrunners, and it's one of those models where, of course, people are registering for the event. They need your address, they need your age, they need all the information for you to participate. But they also want you to set up a page, upload a picture, tell your story. Uh, this is an organization that raises money for infant care uh, training in hospitals. So, Talk about your children. Talk about your experiences. And then if you could also ask your friends, relatives, and colleagues to make a donation to the cause, that would be terrific.
0: John, one of the, uh, the things that, of course, you're an expert in, you mentioned um, your business partner, uh, Mark Fasciano, is that uh, you, gentlemen, uh, wrote Chapter 4 uh, in my most recent book called Internet Management for Nonprofits, which we've described uh, on this program in the past. Your chapter is specifically on social collaboration and productivity. How, how are some of those messages uh, now able to be picked up for charities that are looking for great services? And is Karma 411 the right choice?
1: Yeah, it was a real pleasure writing that chapter. Absolutely loved it. And um, it is interesting because collaboration typically, or at least historically meant big enterprise software from big vendors, uh, which take a long time to set up. Because when you think collaboration, it means, well, I have a project coming up and I need some people to work on the product side, and I need some people to work on the marketing side, and I need some salespeople involved, and I need a manager involved. So collaboration and kind of working together is a lot of information. It's a lot of effort. Uh, it's, a big, it's, it's a big requirement from a software and implementation standpoint. So we hope we address two things uh, uh, within this framework. The first one is, as, as we all know, as these technologies evolve, as they mature, as kind of new startups, which I consider us to be, come on board, well, they offer those types of tools uh, at a very reduced price, uh, free, (laughs) you can't get uh, cheaper than that, but also in a very simple to deploy model, meaning software as a service. So people may be familiar with that term, but if you're not, it means you don't have to install any software. You just go to a website, sign up, put in a username and password, and you can start using it. So in terms of being able to support activities like preparing for the next event, uh, working on your next major project, these are tools that are available to you online immediately and for free. The other part that's um, uh, important here is a little bit more of a philosophical uh, approach to this, which is typically what, what would be the biggest collaborative type activities for a nonprofit? More likely than not, it's something around fundraising isn't it great if you could leverage the concept of collaboration where it's not just the executive director and the marketing director and some other people uh, in operations, but it includes your volunteers and concerned parents and your community and your network. This idea, the way you're approaching it, Ted, is you're saying the Internet community is now collaborating with you to help you raise money. And that's I mean, that, that's such a powerful model, especially if you don't have money and you don't have the resources to do that. If you can kind of open up this effort, that, that's kind of the idea of people-to-people fundraising. It's you're now collaborating with an entire community, and you know that, 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 we believe that's the future, or at least a big part of the future in fundraising.
0: Yeah, well, I, I definitely uh, agree with you. And speaking of collaboration, we're going to be collaborating together on Tuesday, June 15th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We're actually going to be doing a webinar uh, which uh, allows us to uh, expand on on all of these uh, these various topics. So uh, my guess is that probably the best way for, for folks to sign up for that webinar is to go to Karma411.com, uh, sign up for your newsletter, but also there's uh, a... A, uh, webinar schedule link uh, uh, on your page and so they can get information in all those ways Is that correct
1: uh, yep you can you can sign up there we're uh, just putting that together today so come back later today and you can register for the uh, for the webinar
0: well, one of the things that I'm a big fan of in the nonprofit sector, because, of course, we're talking about a huge sector, even just in the United States, but more than 4 million uh, charities around the world, uh, is to have multiple platforms and multiple players. And, of course, Karma 411 has a lot of other companies that are out there that are competing with you. But one of the things that, that makes uh, Karma 411, I think, unique is that you do have sort of the sweet approach um, uh, of, of services where charities can start with where I believe they should start uh, and that's with community building and as you say, awareness campaigns but then to grow and and to build off from that. Now, one of the things that that, that I, I noticed and learned about Karma 411 uh, is that a few weeks ago we had the founder of uh, what used to be known as C-Market and now is bidding for good, uh, John Carson on the show, uh, who does online auctions. Well, so does I'm a 411. So can you talk to us a little bit about um, how auctions work and is there an inherent benefit to doing auctions uh, built within a social networking site? How does that work?
1: Sure. Well, in general, uh, just to take one quick step back, Ted, uh, our view is these new channels, so these new ways of raising money, uh, in general are very good for nonprofits. So we certainly help that every company, all software companies that are providing these types of new services and new ways to outreach are going to do well. So in general, we believe that's the future and there's a lot of companies out there that provide those types of services. I think one of the advantages of kind of building out a suite of what we call campaign types, like an auction, like a registration, that uh, uh, that type of functionality uh, does well if they're within a suite of other types of online fundraising, like awareness, like you were saying, like fundraising, because as your community is growing, as the tools are becoming more familiar, as people are becoming more comfortable with this type of fundraising, then it's kind of all built into the same platform. (laughs) So that's an advantage. So you start with something small, get a small awareness campaign going, people get comfortable with it, your board members use it and they like it, then you do some fundraising, then you have an event coming up. They're all kind of building on top of each other. So you're leveraging the same tool set plus as your network is growing, so the people you're sending invitations to, uh, the, the people who are responding to these activities. Uh, you're you're leveraging that over and over and it's growing over time and people are inviting their friends and they're opting in, etc. So our our view is the social networking platform really just becomes a foundation and then throughout your year when you do your golf outing or your auction or some other type of event, you're kind of rolling these things out on top of the same platform. So that's an advantage by offering a suite of these tools, because throughout the year you're going to need you know, some, if not all, of these tools.
0: Yeah, there's a comfort level, I think, for uh, your donors to not become too overwhelmed with the technology but to view it as an extension and an ability uh, to grow um, their their service to the charity and their interaction with the charity. Um, uh, John, I think I just want to interrupt here because, as our, our callers know, they can call in at 347-324-3080 or they can email me at tedhart at tedhart heart.com and i think we do have a caller for you uh, so let me just see if we do have a question a uh, caller are you with us uh, caller area code 985 are you with us John, sometimes I don't get the, the switchboard quite right here, uh, but yeah. uh, anyway, uh, we'll we'll keep going with, uh, with our discussion because I really, really want to drill down into what you're seeing as some of the biggest successes on Karma 411. What are some of those themes that you're seeing, particularly in a down economy? What's working?
1: Yeah, if there is that personal kind of connection, that's what really works. So I'll give you another example. I, I used two already. Uh, one was EAC, and that had a nice uh, campaign going with uh, Friendlies, which is a very popular restaurant uh, where we are in New York. Uh, and then also our baby, which uh, had the wonderful connection with New York Roadrunners and running in Central Park. So you know these are great because they're very exciting, and these are kind of bigger organizations that have those types of relationships. But what about a smaller organization or a more personal appeal so here, here's a nice example which was done with the dance theater of harlem so they had a campaign that tried to bring fathers and daughters together to come in do some dancing spend some time together and uh, you know, have some fun uh, at the dth but at the same time as i was saying that, take pictures of it, uh, register, have your own page, kind of leverage the tools that I was saying before. But the appeal and the activity was something very informal. It's just a fun program that they put together. Uh, but the story is so wonderful, and, and seeing the pictures of the children as it, 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 a terrific way to kind of do an outreach. So, normally, what we say, is if there is some type of activity or if the appeal can just be something personal. It doesn't have to be a huge event or something you're planning for six months. But even if it's as simple as maybe do a quick video of you know, uh, uh, some people benefiting from the service, I, I think a lot of times people get their minds wrapped around a, a significant production concept or a very large event that really has a needs to have a huge uh, audience or appeal a lot of times these things start small. You know, it's those viral type uh, um, events and activities that you never thought would have gone viral, but it did because it had that kind of personal appeal. So we normally say you don't have to boil the ocean. Start with something small. Start with something with a a personal appeal. Uh, Try to get some, you know, more grassroots type content, if you will, small video, some pictures of, you know, people on the ground, and some stories of people who are actually benefiting uh, from the activity, from the service you provide. And that's a great starting point. And then you take it off from there.
0: Well, that, that dovetails. We, we actually do have a, a, an email question from Steve in Cleveland, and he's asking how many email addresses do I need, and how much money do I need to get started with Karma 411?
1: Sure. Uh, and I'm not surprised, Ted, that you're so responsive to, uh, to an email request. Anytime I send you an email, day or night, uh, you immediately get that response. So <laughs> that's great that an email came in, and uh, and thanks for the question. So uh, it, it, I'm glad this came up because I was just kind of describing that a lot of times people get it in their heads that, well oh, I can't really do anything kind of grassroots or online until I have 500 emails or 1,000 emails. Uh, First of all, that's not true. These things can start very small with just a handful of people uh, who then invite their friends, who then invite their friends. But to go back to what I was saying before, don't always think that the first kind of step, that first toe in the water, is necessarily a big fundraising drive where your goal is to raise $100,000. It really could just be an awareness goal. Uh, We did a campaign for a nonprofit on Long Island Uh, called the North Shore Land Alliance, that started with a small list. They had about 400 emails uh, from a newsletter campaign, and they didn't raise money. They just said, look, we have this um, cause that we care about. It happened to be a development project on the island that they uh, were discussing, and they just wanted people to show their support. So like I said, they weren't raising money. They just said, could you give us your first name, your last name, and your email, and if you will, it's like an online petition to show your support. And they Uh, converted, if you will, or grew that list of 400 uh, email addresses to almost 3,000. So that's the first part. Don't don't think that it needs to be a large fundraising effort. It can start quite small. And we've had successful campaigns that start with a a list of 20 people or even just some board members or just some volunteers. So it can start small. And then the second part, which is how much does it cost? Uh, We follow what's called the freemium model, this might be a term that people are familiar with, that for the basic services we offer on the site, it's free. There's no uh, registration or subscription fees. And you get started with it, see how you like it, uh, get a comfort level for it. And then if it's something that's appealing to you and or you could use some extra support, so maybe someone kind of, if you will, an extension to your team to help you through the paces, maybe answer some questions. Or even, you know, kind of take care of some of the detail work. We offer a subscription model for uh, nonprofits as well, but it starts—it uh, starts for free.
0: Well, that's terrific. The uh, uh, next question I have for you uh, kind of harkens back to some of the stories that we've carried on page one over the last couple of weeks, and that's centered on uh, the social platform Ning, which had uh, a great rate of growth uh, and, and now has changed their business model and no longer providing uh, free services and charities that are on that platform. And, uh, and I'm just wondering, uh, for those who may have uh, services over on Ning, uh, what uh, what does Karma 411 have to offer as a way to maybe migrate or to provide even more services if they wanted to come over to Karma 411? Or is it apples and oranges and not even really something that we should be talking about?
1: Uh, no, absolutely we should be talking about it, and we have a lot of experience and uh, insights into this. So the same people I was saying before, we we often help nonprofits kind of kick these things off and give them advice and, and uh, hold their hands. But uh, just to kind of give a couple of highlights, uh, I've been talking more about that uh, the people to people side where you have a page, you upload your picture, you put in your description, you invite your friends, etc. But tools like Ning offer additional features. We call these features group tools. And this goes back to what uh, we did for your book chapter around this idea of collaboration where there's a sign in, you could leave your group open or closed, it could be private or public, and you have a number of productivity tools. You have a calendar, you have a repository for media. Um, uh, those types of tools. You have a whole process for accepting or rejecting people within these groups. So it's the same uh, concept, same framework that Ning offers. The good news is, as I said before, it is all free, so there's no charge involved. And what I would say as a a differentiator, I guess a lot of these tools are kind of uh, uh, commodities in some respects, is that a lot of the processes or the collaboration that I was talking about before is geared towards the, the front end I was talking about, which is the fundraising and the campaigns and the people-to-people. People. So it's the same tools. If you're familiar or comfortable with Ning, you'd be very comfortable and familiar with what we do with our group tools, except you do have the added uh, bonus, if you will, of letting people create these pages, do the fundraising, do the awareness campaigns and the auction. So similar similar platform, plus you get all these additional features. And as I said, the good news is it's all free.
0: Well, John, those are terrific services, really quite uh, a comprehensive Suite of online services that are available for nonprofit organizations. Of course, we uh, encourage charities who are in need of online fundraising, social networking, uh, all of the services from events, auction, uh, your team approach, your awareness campaigns, your membership, uh, exhaustive, uh, even walkathons uh, are all able to be accomplished over at Karma 411. Uh, John, I can't thank you enough for joining us uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach today. Uh, last. Final question: Uh, If a a charity is looking for resources and they decide to go to Karma Four One One, what's the biggest benefit of being on Karma Four One One?
1: Well, as I said, it's look look at it look at it as a new channel, is a new way to reach out to your community and raise money. Because I, I know that there's a lot of struggling going out there. It's a difficult economy. You need new ways, kind of new ideas and fresh ways to raise awareness and raise money. So the bottom line benefit is this is your entree, if you will, into a new way, an additional way of raising money. You don't tell people stop doing your other activities because, of course, you kind of need those day-to-day tools that you use for fundraising, but you need new ideas and you need new ways to raise money. So you're going to walk away with, um, uh, uh, a step in the right direction by having a conversation with us.
0: John Murcott, founder and vice president, products and strategy at Karma 411. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach today on page two. We're now time to move on to page three. Thanks, John.
1: Thanks, Ted. Appreciate it. <laughs>
0: is where uh, you can get a chance to uh, see me and I can get a chance to meet you. Uh, next up is the big uh, uh, June 11th uh, is the opportunity for me to meet you at the AFP Fundraising Day in New York. This is the largest one-day fundraising conference anywhere. I encourage you to come out on June 11th. It's over at the Marriott marquee right there in Times Square. Uh, Next, I want to share with you what comes uh, up here on the Nonprofit Coach. I got to tell you, I am so impressed with our schedulers and uh, the folks that are coming up uh, here on the show. Uh, Next up uh, is May 24th. We've got the icon, Mel Warwick, coming here on the Nonprofit Coach. Don't miss the opportunity to call in and ask questions of this guy who is most definitely one of the foremost experts Uh, in direct mail and has a long history uh, in online fundraising. Mal and I actually wrote my first book together called Fundraising on the Internet. So next week May 24th, 12 noon, Mal Warwick. After that, just after here in the United States we have the Memorial Day holiday. We're coming straight back on June 1st and we've got Patricia Pascal uh, Director of the Foundation Center. So don't miss that opportunity. You need money from Foundation and corporations, make sure that you call in and learn all about it. Patricia Pascal. Then on uh, June 9th, we've got the Big Giving USA announcement. We've changed the day of the week. As you know, Nonprofit Coach is usually a Monday or a Tuesday, not uh, the week of uh, June 9th. It's going to be a Wednesday. and We're going to be having right here on the Nonprofit Coach the official national uh, 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 details of the Giving USA report. Right after that, the week after the Big Giving USA uh, uh, show is going to be uh, Paulette Mayhara, June 15th, President and CEO of AFP, the Association of Fundraising Professionals. It's going to be right here on the Nonprofit Coach, so don't miss the opportunity to call in for all of our uh, various experts. Uh, and now on, uh, on page... Four. <laughs> can't believe our hour is almost gone but I do want to point out uh, over here on page 4 we always share with you what is in the latest edition of the p2pfundraising.org newsletter you can find this at the letter p the number 2 the letter p fundraising.org. Click on archives. You'll, of course, uh, see the notice about John Murcott, uh, who was our page two expert and did a fantastic job today from karma411.com. Next up is a really terrific uh, download of a 16-page ex- excerpt that you can have for free uh, from uh, the marketing Sherpa folks who have the Social Marketing Roadmap Handbook. And i got to tell you, there's a lot jam-packed into the free version Version of the 16-page excerpt, and if you want to go on and read more, they've got the whole piece. Now, make sure that you make your way over to p2pfundraising.org, because uh, Marketing Sherpa is only making the 16-page download available for free until June 12th. Uh, tonight, uh, we actually have a book event up in Vancouver for Internet Management for Nonprofits. If you're up in Vancouver, make sure that you uh, join the group that's going to be uh, uh, gathering over at Morrissey house 1227 Granville Street at Davie. I'm not going to be able to uh, be there in person, but hey, this is the internet. This is the nonprofit coach. We never say never. So I'm actually going to be attending the Vancouver event via Skype tonight. So thank you to the folks up there who are making that possible. Sponsored by CharityGiftBag.org and our good friends at Hewitt and Johnson Consultants. HJCNewMedia.com is uh, the website for that. And they're doing a fantastic job helping 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 us get the word out uh, of this book, Internet Management for Nonprofits. Just mention that back on page two, uh, where our page two expert, John Murcott, and his team uh, have helped us with this book by writing Chapter 4, Social Collaboration and Productivity. That's just one indication of the great impact that this book is going to have. We also share with you uh, not only that the GreenNonprofits.org website uh, has been unveiled today uh, on the site. We thank John Murcott for uh, his help in helping us launch that and building out some of the Tools, but you also can click uh, through to the SlideShare presentation that will walk you through the details not only of the new website but of becoming certified as a green nonprofit. Like always, we also have all of the radio links. You can find the May 18th radio links for all the Page One news today. Everything from the launch of the Green Nonprofits website, on through the Adobe TechSoup Show Your Impact Design Contest, to IBM and Walmart's big donations to the nonprofit sector, the uh, change in accountability standards, the IRS um, uh, having use uh, the release, I'm sorry, of their Cyber Assist. Uh, a cyber assistant uh, platform. So lots of stuff to go grab and get a chance to read. We pride ourselves on bringing the best and most up-to-date news to you here on the nonprofit coach. And the last thing over there on page four uh, for uh, the P2P fundraising newsletter is that that LinkedIn group, our discussion group for other people engaged in P2P fundraising, is now over 721 that you get a chance to go over and sign up for the LinkedIn uh, group. So, everyone, I want to thank you very, very much. Do not miss Mal Warwick. He's going to be here as our Page 2 expert on uh, May 24th, and I'm looking forward to having you right back here uh, on the Nonprofit Coach. Everyone, that's our show for today. Thank you for joining us. Take care.
4: Bye.